You know, it really has been a lot of fun. This series, I mean, it doesn't get any better than talking about Holy Spirit. I mean, well, God and Jesus. So, I mean, there's two other, but, you know, uh, but Holy Spirit is just exciting to, to know Him, to walk with Him, to feel Him not only in us, but beside us, walking with us. It's an exciting adventure um, that I have had walking with Holy Spirit. It's been many, many years at the age of 21 being filled with the Holy Spirit and it radically changed my life, and I am so glad. I am so excited. And, and you know, this series has been so good. You know, Pastor Terry kicked it off and just talking about the different types of baptisms and bringing some clarity there. I know that, that people need to hear the clarity about that because sometimes they get confused with Ephesians talking about one Lord, one God, one faith, one baptism. Well, those are all the things that link us together. There is one baptism that links us all together, but in Hebrews, it talks about the doctrine of baptisms, plural. So Pastor Terry brought a lot of clarity there that there are different baptisms that we need to experience. And, and really, a lot of this has been focused toward not just the baptism into Christ, but uh, the baptism into the Holy Spirit by Jesus to empower us to walk and be witnesses in, in our lives today. And, and so if you, you haven't been here, you need to go online, you need to download our app, and then you can go online and listen to the message. And then Antoinette last week, I mean, it never fails that when she's speaking, I'm gonna get something out of it too. Whether it's in staff huddle or, you know, I'm, you know I just love it when she gets up here and ministers and just brings such a, a clear word. And there were things in that message last week that, man, it, I went away with here, uh, from here with something. I really did. It brought even the, the word of Abba Father and speaking that with such more depth and understanding than just saying, Daddy God. No, with a, a, such a depth of commitment and dedication to the Lord that when I say that, Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in, you know. And so you need to go back and listen to those messages. And then Pastor Austin will be up next week. We don't know where it's going to go from there. I'm just liable to blow the lid off everything, you know. And uh, I'm so... Uh, Glad to be here serving under such a great pastor with such a humble heart. The Lord is good to us, isn't he? Yeah. Amen. Well, there's a couple of points. That we're going to start back in John 16. There's, uh, tonight I'm going to be trying to get through a couple of points and, and with clarity. And, but I want to encourage you tonight. I, I know that, you know, many times the things that we, we bring out start th saying, well, we're going to talk about on Wednesday night. Man, you guys, you know, uh, are... I don't want to offend anybody on a Sunday morning, but you guys are all in, man. Y'all are showing up midweek. You know, you're not, you're not always like newborns or anything like that. You're the committed bunch. So I had to weigh that out, you know, and, and, um, but I, you guys online, we want to, we're glad you're here too. And, and I pray that you will uh, challenge yourself here tonight to receive something from the Lord, to say, God, I'm coming with an open heart. I believe that you have something for me. You may be, have been walking with the Lord for 50 years, but that doesn't mean that God's done with you, you know? It doesn't mean that you can't hear something from the Lord. I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit these many, many years. I'm not gonna tell you how many years, but many, many years, decades, but I'm still learning new things about how Holy Spirit works to glorify Jesus, uh, to bring understanding to me, to guide my footsteps. And so I uh, encourage you to challenge yourself tonight to say, God, I'm going to hear something tonight. I I'm believing that I've I'm going to go away from here with something tonight. And, and I'm excited about receiving tonight. And so, um, and if you do that, then it's going to be a good service. I'll have done a good job, right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> so whether I did a good job or not, you'll think I did because you're open to the Lord. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, really, um, go to John 16. We'll start there. 
And in verse 1, this is where I was the last time we were together. I mean, one of the best places to start where Jesus was talking about Holy Spirit. And in verse 1, he said, all this I have told you. Now, he's, he's coming out of a, a, some conversation there where he's talking to the disciples about rejection from the world and all the challenges that they're going to face. And he's, he's really trying to, to encourage them and strengthen them and keep them strong and reminded of, of the word. And he said, all of this I have told you so that you will, you will not fall away. And, and in different translations, that he was saying that you'll not be offended, you'll not be made to stumble, you'll not abandon your faith. He's saying, listen, I want to encourage you so you don't walk away from this. You don't back down, back up, or back away. And listen, we all could do that. And, and with that thought in mind, you know, here we are, we're talking about Holy Spirit. Now, to some people that may be listening to this tonight, whether it's in the house here or online, this is new to you. Y'all may, be, y'all may be like the bunch that Paul ran across in Acts 19 chapter saying, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we don't even know what you're talking about. We don't know if there'll be a Holy Ghost, you know? And of course, his very next question was, well, then what baptism did you receive? And he's talking about being filled with the Holy Ghost, being empowered. So it may all be new to you, but we are all susceptible of backing away from our faith. And I mean, what I mean by that, you're still a Christian, you still believe, but man, have you become lukewarm? Have you become lethargic? Have you become complacent? I mean, the Word doesn't give us any room for that. We, We don't have any room to back down from our zeal. We should all be zealous. We And you need to do what it takes to keep yourself in that condition, in that mindset, zealous for the Lord, hungry for the Lord, and because we could fall back. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. I mean, we could all fall that way if we don't stay tuned in to the Lord and dedicated and committed. Now, drop down to verse 12. He said, I have much more to say to you, but more than you can bear now. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And when I, when I read this, it's, I believe it's telling me about a relationship that the Holy Spirit is having with Jesus. He's a follower of King Jesus. He's listening to King Jesus. He's responding to Jesus, Lord of all. And what he's doing is trying to encourage us to also be followers of the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, Jesus Christ. He's trying to connect us to the will of Jesus. Are you seeing that? And that's what Holy Spirit does. He follows Jesus. Now, uh, you know, I shared with you last week about the scripture in Psalms, uh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Listen, once you have tasted of the goodness of the Lord, nothing else satisfies. Nothing else compares to the goodness of the Lord. But you know, the key to that is you got to taste and see. (laughs) You got to step up. You got to be like Kim said. You got to let go and step into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. Now, that may be new to you and you may be like I was that very night, man. I was I was I was saying, yeah, give it to me. I'll take it. But my knees were knocking. And like I said, then for a bow legged man, that's a lot of knocking. (laughs) I was nervous, and you might be nervous, but you got to say, man, I'm all in. 
I'm stepping up. Now, whatever your terminology is, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of what I've been holding on to, and I'm going to step in and taste and see that the Lord is good. It's kind of like that, you know, in the Scripture, it talks about we believers. The believer is supposed to, it says in, in Matthew that, that the believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Yeah. I've discovered something about that. I actually have to lay hands on the sick. <laughs> I have to pray for folks. Maybe you're one of those that said, man, I wish more people around here get healed. How many people have you been laying hands on and praying? Uh, amen. I mean, that, that is challenging me that I need to be believing God. I need to do the work of the ministry. That's what you and I are all called to do, right? Amen. To share the gospel, lay hands on the sick. Man, freely you have received, freely give. So amen. So uh, it's so exciting to talk about the Holy Spirit again. Taste and see that the Lord is, is good. Do the work of the ministry. 1 Peter 1, verse 3. Now listen, this was... This is something the Lord has spoken in my heart when we started approaching this series where Peter's saying, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation that we should come in with an expectancy of God, whatever you want, I want to happen tonight. Wherever you want to lead, I want to follow. And there's uh, Pastor Misty out in the foyer in our, our huddle saying, boy, the Lord is speaking about expectancy. Oh, yeah, there's a confirmation. Pastor Austin gets up here and says something about expectancy. Man, we need to have expectancy that God's going to move. Not just when we pray that, well, I hope it happens. No, I expect it because God's word is true and God's faithful to his word. So expectancy is where God has taken us. And so to get there, listen, I believe as we get there, there are some questions that are viable questions, especially if you're new to your walk with the Lord. But any level of where you're trying to walk in faith, these questions need to be answered. Number one, is it real? Is what I'm hearing from Pastor Terry, Pastor Antoinette, Pastor Austin and others, Pastor Chet, is what I'm here, is it being substantiated by Scripture? Is it really there? I mean, you need to read it for yourself, right? And, and you know, I, I, I remember when I first started walking with the Lord and, and guys would, these men and women would get up and preach from the, the podium, the platform, and, and they would say, this is what it says. And I thought, you know what, I read pretty good English and it don't look like it says that, you know? And so hey, you, you read for yourself, study it out, pay attention. Is it real? The second question is, is it for today? Did it all pass away with the apostles of the early church? Is it for today? What does scripture say about that? Now, the most important question you really need to, to answer, is it for me? Is it for me? When you answer that question, expectancy will begin to boil up in your heart, boil up in your spirit. And man, you're on, you're on a slippery slope then, man. The Lord's about got you there. So is it for me? It's all about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, I want to go back just for a moment. Uh, the last time we were together, I talked to you about the day of Pentecost over in Acts and the things that took place there and the coming of the Holy Spirit. God was moving in such a, an amazing way of fulfilling prophecy for one. When he talked about the prophet Joel, he got up and Peter explained all of that. And God, but not only was he fulfilling prophecy, but he was fulfilling promises. The promise of the Holy Spirit. He said, you go and wait because the Holy Spirit is coming. The promise of God is, is coming. 
And so God was fulfilling that promise, and there you had the 120 uh, people in the upper room praying, the, disciples, the believers, the followers, and they all got the Holy Spirit when he came. You remember the story. You've read the story. It's like a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire that split and set on each of them, and they were all filled. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Oh, how exciting. But listen, I've thought about that. I've meditated about that. I thought, you know, because the reason I've done that is I've had a lot of questions in, over the years when people were reading about, you'll be, when, it, when John was talking, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire, baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire. Well, the question always comes in, what about the fire, Pastor Stan? <laughs> what about the fire? Well, that day, there was an example. There was, there was something very supernatural and special that they saw that day that these cloven tongues of fire, the cloven means they were just different, like, you know, different splits, and they split up and they rested on each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, it wasn't a fire like we know a fire, not a natural fire that they burned up with, but man, those guys were fired up. <laughs> I mean, they were on fire, man. And, and when I, I thought I was relating my experience of Holy Spirit, that March 23rd, 1976, when I walked away from that, that, uh, that night, the thing that I was telling people about is, listen, I didn't pray in tongues that night, but I had a fire and a bolus in my heart I never had before. I went home, Kathy and I, and the next week knelt in our living room and led my sister to the Lord to accept Jesus Christ. The next week, my brother-in-law, self-made man, and he accepted Jesus Christ. I never would have done that before. But I, I felt like, you know what, God? If I could see in the spirit realm, would I have seen a, a, like a flame of fire on me when the Holy Spirit came on my life? Was that something in the spirit realm that when people get filled with the Holy Ghost, the fire of the Holy Ghost lights them up, man? It changes their reality. They're so in fire. Those guys were so in fire, they couldn't stay in that room. They took and run to the street, man, talking in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in other languages. And I think, man, that must have been a day. That must have, they were, I mean, history was unfolding right before their eyes. We, we covered that. And, you know, I thought about that, and I thought about those 3,000, those devout Jews. See, Holy Spirit was drawing them into God's kingdom as well. I mean, what happened to them? And Peter got up and said, hey, what we got, you can get. Basically, that's kind of paraphrasing, right? He said, well, this Holy Spirit, came from Jesus Christ, shedding abroad in all of our hearts, and it's for you. It's for your children. It's for all that are far off and all that God would call. And that was a prophetic word even to the Gentiles. So I can imagine those 3,000 making it home. Now, they came from different regions and countries. It took a while to get home. But you know what? If we could hear the story of the coming month or two months, those guys, I'm sure they all got filled with the Holy Spirit. How many, I wonder how many tongue talkers were in that bunch and going home with their families and, and when they walked in, Mama saw, hey, there's a glow on your face I hadn't seen before. You went for this celebration, the feast of the day of, of, of Pentecost. You're different. Something happened to you. Let me tell you what happened, you know. And probably their whole families. How fast the church must have grown almost immediately. Y'all follow? Man, whatever God gave to them, he'll give to you. Oh, praise God. You just need expectancy in your heart. Praise the Lord. You're going to need the Holy Spirit. Okay, give him to me. So they saw it. They heard. They responded. They chose and they received. Man, lives are changing even today. We see lives changing today. Jesus is knocking on the hearts of people saying, listen, I, just let me in. I got so much more for you, more than you can comprehend or understand at this point. 
But you, man, I mean, God wants to touch your heart and he wants to impact your heart. And I'm saying to you tonight, what will your story say in the coming years? What will happen when you look down the road 10 years, 20 years, and 30 years and look back? What will your story say? Will it say, I yielded to Father God. I yielded to the to Lord Jesus Christ. I asked him into my heart. I yielded to Holy Spirit to be my guide, to be my teacher. And my life has never been the same. Oh, I've had challenges. I've had some hard times. But man, it's been an adventure. And that's what it's been for me. It's been an adventure from that very night. Man, all I wanted to do at that point was follow Jesus. I figured out he wasn't a myth or a fable. He was real. And this Holy Ghost he's talking about, he's real too. Man, he's on the inside of me. It's such a fire and a boldness. It's all about relationship with God of creation, the Lord of all, Jesus Christ, and the great teacher, God, and the comforter, Holy Spirit. That's what we're focusing on through this, these few Wednesday nights is about Holy Spirit, having a, a relationship, a fellowship with him to accomplish what he's trying to do in our lives for the glory of Jesus. Amen. He's the one that's leading us into this new life in Christ Jesus. I discovered when I was hearing the Lord's voice, it was actually the voice of Holy Spirit relating his voice to me. Jesus was seated at the right hand of God, but he sent the Holy Spirit here to be my guide, my teacher, my, my guide, my comforter. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Now, let me say this, that I believe that the Lord Jesus shed the Holy Spirit and brought in our heart and the Holy Spirit comes in power so that we can walk in the fullness of power in a relationship with God. God wants you to have a powerful walk. Not that you won't have challenges, not that you won't have hardship. The, the scripture says you will. But don't you want some power in your walk? Are you that person that might be saying there's got to be something more? I hear that so often. Have even heard it this week. Listen, there's got to be more. What is it? What is the more? And so let me ask you this too. How long has the devil been deceiving us to thinking that, that we are less than, that we're inadequate, that we're beaten, that we're broken, that God's power is not real? And you know, sometimes that might feel like it's reality, but I'm here to tell you tonight, that's not true. God's power is real. And you might say, well, pastor, what's the proof? Where's the proof that it's, it's not real? Well, I want to share a little bit about that with you. And, you know, listen, I, I don't want the world. When people ask that question, they haven't, they're having so much experiences and encounters in the world that it's, it's blinding their minds, minds to seeing the truth of God's word, the reality of God. And, and, you know, I don't want the world to dictate me to me about truth and, and reality. I want the Holy Spirit to reveal it to me. And, you know, when I've meditated on this, and I believe that we're looking for proof, aren't we? Aren't we looking for proof in our walk? I, I want to say, God, what is? And this has been something that's kind of been uh, in my heart for many, many years, even back when I was in college, uh, about, well, where, where's the proof? And I've heard preachers say, well, I, you know, what about heaven? Have you seen heaven? No. Have you seen hell? No. Well, then how do you know it exists? That was a challenging question, wasn't it? You know, and when I talk about proof, first thing I've got to do, though, is define what proof is. You know, in, in college, you know, taking some of the classes in college in chemistry, I took a lot of chemistry and a variety of things, mathematics, and, and uh, I didn't have to take uh, some of the harder this class because I challenged them. I did all right and snuck by all that. But I remember taking this chemistry class, and uh, 
and we're doing all these experiments, and the professor's telling them, don't get fingerprints on your beaker. It'll mess it up. I'm thinking, fingerprints? Come on now. And, and, and your, your results won't be consistent. And, and so, well, how do, you, how do you have proof of fingerprints? Well, I, how do you know they exist? I see them. Well, there's a more definitive way of proving that they exist is that the fact that a fingerprint is shown to have mass, it can actually be weighed. We had some scales that could weigh your fingerprint. Can you believe that? That's amazing. And some of the tests that we were doing, some of the, um, the experiments, just the amount of your fingerprints could change the outcome of the experiment. Can you believe that? I was blown away. That was amazing. But it was consistently proving that fingerprints had mass. That was, that was consistent. It was consistent proof. That, so to me, proof is confirmation of a, of a reality or a theory or an assumption. It really proved that. Well, see, now when I saw the proof of that truth, I needed to compensate for it and keep my hands off the beaker. Right? <laughs> I mean, it, it made a difference. And so you have to prove consistently a theory or something to make it really, truly proof. Are there any teachers in the house? I mean, am I ringing true to anybody? Is it making sense? Okay, nobody. Okay, so anyway, let's go to another. Okay, let's look at, you know, last time. Hey, what about gravity? I, 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 boy, I tell you what, there is a consistent proof to gravity. Every time you, uh, listen, you can stand up right where you are right now. And fall, just fall, keep your hands out here and just fall on the floor right on your face. And did you know that every time you do that, it will consistently hurt? <laughs> and you will say, this gravity is consistent. This hurts every time I do it. It, it's, it has to be consistently proved that it, it, is, it exists and that it's real. You know, and so, you know, if I'm a stuntman, I'm going to cushion the ground. I have to compensate for that truth. So if I'm a stuntman, I'm going to cushion where I fall. I'm doing a stunt, something like that. And for me, like Pastor Chet said, don't jump off the roof. I, I got to compensate. I can compensate. And I don't bungee jump because I, I know that gravity is going to exist. One of the days, days that could snap and I'm going to splat. I just know it. So I'm just not going to do it. I believe. I'm a believer. Okay. So, but listen, the world's idea of proof can be so distorted so distorted. I, I, I believe that because the world's idea of reality and truth is distorted. You know, and the world's definition of reality or truth is not what it is, but what one perceives it to be. Listen to our society these days. They think just because they think it's real, it's real. They think just because they think it's true, it's true, but doesn't mean that it's true. <clears throat> Amen? And so, you know, I, my thought about that is that the world couldn't see proof of it staring them in the face or slapping them in the face. I don't know, you know. But I want to know truth. I believe the world is trying to change the narrative to get people to accept its controlling power. You know, Satan tried to pull that on Jesus and he didn't pull it off. So I want to know truth. I want to know the proof of God's word, the truth of God's word. Let's get back to you. What is the confirmation or the proof that we've been born again? That's, you know, people want to understand. I've had people that have asked Jesus in their heart and come back at various times and say, man, I just don't know. I just don't know that I'm saved. Right? Have y'all seen that? And maybe some of you have felt that. Maybe been challenged by that. Well, what is the proof about being born again, our born again spirit? Let's go to Romans 8. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What are some of the consistent elements that would prove of the born-again spirit? For me, these are, these are my steps. Number one, I am consistently seeing lives changed all over the world. I mean literally changed. When they say they gave their life to Jesus, became born again, they weren't the same person. I've seen so many, even their countenance changes. They were still kind of ugly, but their countenance changed. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the guys, not the girls, okay? But I, I, I've got to say, you know what? That's, there's got to be something said about that. When you see so many lives, countless lives all over the world that are changed. And number two, the Word of God tells me so. Now, there's, there's one that, listen, when you stand before God, you're not going to have any excuse that God doesn't exist. Because the word tells us that, that nature itself proves there's a God. And that people are not going to be, account, they're, they're going to be held accountable for that. And they are not going to have any excuse. Now, the, the creation proves there's a God, but it doesn't tell us about the salvation through Jesus Christ. We need that as well. We need the word of God to guide us and direct us that direction. So if you believe there's a God, you ought to have enough sense to listen to God and see God. <laughs> Amen. Like Jesus said, if you don't believe, look at the miracles and the signs. Look at the people who were healed. Have we ever seen anybody since the creation of time healed like this? Man, you ought to have enough sense to look and see, right? Amen. And to me, that is an element of proof. There's got to be something to this. So there's two. But the third one, the third one to me is the confirmation on the inside. You know, when all these other things, I say, okay, I can weigh that out. I could weigh this out. That they, they could be putting on <laughs> uh, God's word. Maybe I don't understand it well enough. But listen, it's always consistent when you eliminate the noise of the world or you eliminate the noise of your fears and apprehensions. When you slow down and listen to your heart, just like we read the scripture, the spirit confirms with our spirit that we are children of God. You know that you know that you know inside. When all else around you doesn't look good and all, everything else doesn't line up, you know that you know that you know inside, right? So what I'm saying, sometimes when you're so frayed and frazzled and man, world is just kind of getting turned upside down, slow down. Shut this thing down a little bit. Slow down and listen to your heart. Listen to the, the God on the inside, the Holy Spirit on the inside. And know that you know that you know I'm a child of God. Devil, you're a liar and a thief. You're a thief and a liar, and I don't have to listen to you. I, I know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. You know, and, and I've, I've had people, and it's funny, I, I've enjoyed this early on in my early days. Now, I have it in my older days because they might fight back, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm a little older now, but, uh, you know, I could challenge that a little bit. I, I'd ask Christians, well, how do you know you're saved? You know, I'd do that. How do you know? You ever seen heaven? No, I just know. You ever seen hell? No, I just know. I'm so How do you know? And you can almost get them fighting mad. They need to know why they believe. They need to know the word of God. But they need to know that on the inside, the Holy Spirit abides. And the confirmation is there. You need to know that. That above all else, whenever, when the world gets turned upside down, I have peace on the inside. The greater one lives on the inside of me. Now listen, when you find that truth, 
How many of you know that that's true tonight? Okay. Okay. That's a big portion of you. Okay. Okay. Listen, when you know that truth, when the reality of that truth becomes proof to you, hey, I just know that I know. What do you need to do? You need to compensate for that truth. Just like you compensate for gravity. You, you do the things that, hey, that gravity stuff, that's the real thing. Okay? And uh, so when you realize that I am a child of God, you need to compensate for that. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, let me give you a few scriptures. Reckon myself dead to sin, Romans 6, 11. I'm alive unto God. That means I need to reckon myself dead to sin. I don't have to lock into that anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. I've been free. I'm set free. I've been washed and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Holy Ghost baptized me into Jesus Christ, and his blood washed away a sin seed, and it's never going to bear fruit of death. I'm alive unto God. So you need to reckon yourself dead to sin. When the devil's trying to lock you in and say, you ain't got no choice, you just say, I do have a choice. I'm alive unto God. And you need to put on the new man, Ephesians 4, 24. Put on the new man, which is created after God in all righteousness and true holiness. Well, if I'm alive on the inside, I need to look like that on the outside. I need to compensate for the truth that is on the inside of me. Walk in the reality of God's word, 1 Corinthians 5, 17. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, behold, things have become new. You're a new creation. You're a new thing, man. You're not the same. Faith, and by faith, receive all that God has for me. When you realize that I'm born again, I really am born again, I know God's got something better for me. He's got something more for me. And by faith, receive the Holy Spirit. What is my guide? My constant companion. My constant companion. Let me give you a story. The Lord showed me a picture, a vision once. And it was just... It was to relay something to a family. I was doing a funeral just several years ago. There's a young woman about 34 years old who passed away. Just a wonderful young woman, teacher. And I didn't know her as personal as I did her family, but I was doing her funeral. They'd asked me to do it, a little community, a little small church. And I was sitting on the platform, as you know the preachers do up here, and the song was being played, and I'm sitting on that side over here, away from the pulpit like this, and suddenly I, I had this vision. The Lord takes me into a vision. I see her standing right here. I see her standing right here. And I see this, uh, it's something in front of her. Like, and I, 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 I'd have to describe it as a veil. I can't describe it properly, but it was beautiful what she was standing facing. And I saw her step through that veil. And when she stepped through it, someone had her by the hand and she turned and looked. She said, oh, it's you. You were the one there that comforted me when I needed comfort. You were the one that encouraged me. She was seeing Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was with her the whole time in living, but he was also with her through death. It's like, oh my word, that is exciting. The Holy Spirit will come and be with us and he's never going to leave us. He's going to walk with us and he's going to walk inside of us, but he'll walk with us in this life. And he'll be with you if you'll allow him in. If you'll allow him and say, God, I want to receive Jesus. I want Holy Spirit to guide me. You said I have a blood-bought, God-given right to have Holy Ghost being my guide, my comforter, my strengthener. My standby. Woo. Lord, I want Holy Spirit. I want to receive that because I am born again. I'm a child of the Most High. Oh, praise. So you've got to compensate for the reality of those truths. Can you see that today? 
Can you see that? Have you been compensating for the reality of truth of God in your life? Have you lived like it? Are you living like it? Boy, that convicts me a lot of times. Somebody told me, don't get on my toes tonight. I get on my own toes, man, because sometimes I ain't living like I ought to. I ought to do better because it's true. Your feelings can lie to you, but the word will never lie to you. The word will never lie to you. Oh, praise God. Listen, let me just do a couple more things here. Try to get a couple of points across to you tonight. You know, I want to share with you a little bit about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the primary way that Holy Spirit leads us is by an inward, inward voice, an inward, that, that unction on the inside. Now, let me ask you, since you've been born again, can you remember a time when you were facing something and you were praying and trying to make a decision and they just had this overwhelming peace inside like a green light? You said, man, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that it makes sense, but man, it seems I got this peace inside, baby. Seemed like I got this green light to say, let's do it. But the other side of that coin, have you ever gone to make those decisions? It's like, oh, no, there's just something just isn't right. We can't do this right now. Something is just not right. You had that inner voice, that inner voice speaking to you and, and, and unctioning you one way or the other. Now, you know, listen, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the spirit of God, the presence of God was locked up in the temple, right? He was in the Holy of Holies, and you had this priest that would go in every year and, and offer sacrifice for the folks' sins and just cover it for the year, right? Remember that? And, and it, because the presence of God was in that place, that high priest that went in had to do everything just right. Y'all remember the stories that, you know, maybe tie rope to him. If he heard the bell quit jingling, they jerk him out. He's dead in a doornail. He did something wrong. And I can see all the other priests line up and say, listen, uh, it's not my time this next year. No. <laughs> You have tenure on me. As a matter of fact, all of you, I'm the youngest in the bunch. Don't you try to get me up there going in. Anyway, but the presence of God, the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies, in the temple of God. And when you look at the Old Testament and the way things worked in the Old Testament, you had prophets in the Old Testament. You know, we have prophets today, but the prophets of the Old Testament are different from the prophets of the New Testament, the New Covenant. In the Old Testament, you know, the prophets, they would go to the prophets and ask for direction for their lives. And the kings would say, hey, I need to know, do I need to go out and fight these guys? Do I, am I going to win? And they would ask for direction. And, and listen, I, I need some guidance for my life. They'd go to the prophets and do that. Well, listen, um, it's different today because at that time, they didn't all have the Holy Spirit on the inside. So they needed the prophet that's why it's so different. They needed the prophet because he had the Holy Ghost that would come on and fulfill that office. And it, you see in different times that the Holy Spirit would come on those, like the king to fulfill that office, the priest to fulfill that office, and, and certain individuals at special occasions where God had a work that needed to be done. But as a whole, all the individual people didn't have the Holy Ghost on the inside. Y'all see that picture, right? But now the New Testament, New Covenant is so much different. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside. Now, the bold statement that I want to tell you today and give you this is that in the New Testament, it is not scriptural for the believer to go to the prophet for guidance in their lives. Now, I'm just looking to see if any of you bowed up about that, and, you know. It's not scriptural. Now, your prophets may confirm a word. They may bring a word of encouragement. They may bring a word of prophecy. They got other facets that operate with that office. One of the main things is training you and I to do the work of the ministry. 
kicking us in the tail if we need it, you know, that kind of stuff, you know. And, but it's not scriptural for us to go to the prophet for the guidance that we need in our life. Every born-again Christian has the guide on the inside. That's why. That's why. We have the Holy Spirit on the inside. Listen to John 14. Uh, and for the sake of time, I'm going to jump down to verse 17. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. John 16, verse 13. It talks about the Holy Spirit. He will guide you. And at the end of that verse, it, he will show you things to come. At the end of verse 14, he will show it unto you. End of verse 15, he will show it unto you. He's the God into truth and life. And he's on the inside of you. <laughs> oh, my word. And, and in John 16, Jesus said, he said, listen, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's expedient for you. It, that means it's to your advantage that I go, because if I don't go, he's not coming. But said, if I go, the comforter, he said, I'm going to send him unto you, verse 7. And then the comforter there, now last time I was here, I, I, the, that word in the Greek means paraclete. And if you just go look a definition up in the, in the dictionary, it'll, it'll say comforter or intercessor. But there's like a sevenfold meaning to that word that the Amplified Version brings out. And it is this, comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. He is a guide in our life. It says counselor. Doesn't a counselor give you some guidance? Okay, I, I, let me say this. If all of us would tune in and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, about 98% of our counseling would be cut out. <laughs> Pastor Terry would have to find something else to do. The other 2%, he'd be telling you, you need to listen to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> he need to get your act together. <laughs> but he's our guide, right? The Holy Spirit on the inside. Romans 8, 7, 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Don't you think the sons of God ought to be led by the Spirit of God? Now, I, I, ladies, you didn't get off sons and daughters of God. It's, it's inclusive, right? Amen. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. In Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. We are the children of God. You ought to be following the leading of the Holy Spirit on the inside on the inside. Oh my word, I am so out of time and that's a good thing, praise God. Because <laughs> uh, I got these other about six or eight pages and we can't get there, so. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Austin, for coming up with us doing this, this series. We need to understand Holy Spirit. There, it's, it's a never-ending process of growing and understanding. It's progressive all the time. There's so many things you can find out as you study the Word of God that if you come, come back these coming Wednesdays, come back next Wednesday, find out, hear, listen, have Holy Spirit speak into your life. I want to understand him more. I want to understand how much of a gentleman he is. And he is that. There's so many other things. But man, listen, the Holy Spirit is our guide. Uh, well, I'll say this last story. And I, I'm into stories, so you know. Uh oh. I, I, I like to reminisce and tell stories. I, I sometimes do it too much, but I remember having a lady that I worked with, and, uh, and I knew she was born again. I knew she was a child of God. She's a Christian. And we were working together, and there's a shop that opened up down the street. And she said, I'm going to go down to that palm reader and have them read my palm. I thought, 
what? <laughs> you know, it's like, what? What are you saying? Yeah, I want to know what my future holds. Well, let me tell you about the Word of God. <laughs> that was an opportunity, you know. And listen, the Lord doesn't want you going to the tea leaves. <laughs> he doesn't want somebody reading the, the wrinkles in your hand. I mean, if, you could, if wrinkles could tell you your future, I got a big future, man. I got, a, I got lots of future, man. I got a life yet to live, you know. So, but listen, the Holy Spirit is here to guide you. And what you need to learn how to do is tune your ear. It will always, it will always line up with the Word of God. Always. So that doesn't let you off the hook. Well, Holy Ghost tell me what to do. I don't have to study. Ah, well, Pastor Austin may tell you about that next week. So, Pastor, I'm going to turn it over to you.